0: Friends, good morning. I hope you've had a great week or enjoying this good weather. Today we're talking about how to hear God, experience God in regular, ordinary life. Now sometimes God does amazing things. Sometimes there are the big moments in life where you really experience God. Uh, Maybe graduation. Uh, Some of y'all have just graduated and you kind of look back. You see God's goodness, God's guidance um, at these special moments we can really sense it and feel God. Maybe you've gone through something tough. Some of you have uh, sick family members, um, have experienced uh, uh, losses, and you you this very tender, very important time, and you're, you're seeing God, you're getting comfort and hope and help from God. But let's be for real. Most of us had pretty ordinary weeks. We went to work, we did our thing, we had a little argument with the parents, the kids, whatever. How do we experience God in the midst of just regular, ordinary, not exceptional, not uh, extraordinary life? There are no big incentives to pray. We don't need God. It's not a a big moment in our life. We're not experiencing a miracle. Well, friends, I think that's where the book of Psalms really helps us to stop, to notice, to pay attention, to hold all of our life up before God and see what God's doing. It's a boring day. It's a holy day. And friends, when we can live like that, man, our life gets so much better. I don't know if you're like me. Um, I will sometimes think, man, I don't think God did anything in my life today. Do you feel like that? Think about, you know, last week. Did God do anything great in your life last week? Many of you be like, ah, uh, no, not, not, not that I can think of, right? So I'll, I'll say, I think, um, I don't think I experienced God, God today. And then I'll stop. Say, nope, nope. The question is not whether God was doing or so, something or not in my life today. The question is whether I noticed it. Um, oftentimes this will happen towards the end of the day. I'll be driving home at the end of the day or something like that. So what I'll do is I'll just stop and I'll review my day. I'll say I'll I'll the little things that stick out to me I'll say oh yeah this moment where I uh, I lost my temper. What were you doing in there? This moment that sticks, that's got some. Um, it, it stands out to me. Are uh, this really nice moment. Yes, Jesus, you were working grace in me through the kindness, through the love of someone else. You know, when I when I stopped and enjoyed, you know, the sunrise. When I stopped and enjoyed, you know, the nice weather outside. That was you working grace uh, and goodness in me. Uh, when I was reading in in scripture and saw this great verse that really, really yes, you were calling me. God has been at work in so, so many ways in my life. I just need to actually stop and pay attention and notice. So we're in this series, uh, Summer in the Psalms from the Soul. So helpful um, to help us return, um, get centered in ourselves, notice, pay attention, and see what God is doing. So a little bit about the Psalms. Uh, Longest book in the Bible, written over the longest amount of time by the most authors. So the Psalms are responding to God. God works, God acts, He creates, He he saves, and we respond by paying attention, by listening, by praying. God works, we pray. So the Psalms are arranged into five groups. If you have a Bible with you uh, or a Bible app, you want to open that. um, If you notice, you open up to Psalm 1, it says, Book one. So they're arranged into five groups. And the five groups match the first five books of the Hebrew scripture, the Torah Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And there are five groups. So the uh, five books of the Torah outline the salvation history of, of God with people, how He's creating, how, how there's sin, and then God in Abraham and Moses, He's saving His people, redeeming them, restoring them, uh, putting them together as the community of faith. Those are the five books of the Hebrew uh, scriptures. And then we have five books of uh, the Psalms. And they're the heart history of God's working. Through the heart history of God's creation, His salvation is forming us as people of faith. So they mirror the community salvation history. This is the interior salvation, the heart history. And the spirit of the Psalms is that God is in all of our life. There's nothing left on the surface. Everything is examined. Everything is just held up before the Lord. So we see some very raw Psalms as just like this terrible event it's held up before the Lord. This moment of beauty is held up before the Lord. This pilgrimage to the temple is held up before the Lord. All of life, all of life is given to God. Because God is working and the Psalms help us notice and pay attention to God. God's working in salvation history. We've got five books mirroring that in heart history. God's working in our everyday life. We respond, we notice, we pay attention. You know how sometimes in church there'll be like testimony, people will stand up and say, God did this, God healed me, God helped me financially. Um, I think of a couple weeks ago, um, Stephen had people in church Uh, write down what they were asking God for when we were really talking about prayer, uh, digging into asking God for our needs. He's like, okay, you're asking God for things. Please stand up and share. What are you asking God for? Um, And one woman in the church stood up and and said three things. I'm asking that uh, God helps my husband find his wallet, um, that God uh, helps me with a uh, relational uh, conflict, and that a big project she was working on. A week later, she texts me, and she's like, you know what? All three things, all three things happened. Found the wallet. Uh, this relationship smoothed out, worked really well. Praise God. Big project she was working on. Friends, you can say, wow, that's amazing. That isn't that great. But here's the thing. I think truly, if we notice, we pay attention, we hold out our life before God, many of us have similar testimonies. We just aren't paying attention i think honestly if i paid attention i could have a testimony for every hour of my life i just frequently don't pay enough attention to have a testimony for every hour of my life so the psalms also besides helping us pay attention see god working in ordinary life they also give us good language for responding to god some good suggestions of things uh to say to god they mirror the uh, books of the Torah, five five books, but there's not like a one-to-one correlation. It's not like chapter 12 of Genesis mirrors Psalm 12 or anything, but it gives us good responses. Uh, one theologian says it gives us adequate responses for dialoguing with God Almighty. Now, the responses here are in poetry. The, the language we're seeing is poetic. Now, poetry isn't just pretty. It's personal. It's not just flowery language. It's real. God wants me to be human. Redeemed and restored and walking with the Holy Spirit, but human. If he wanted another angel, he would have made it. He didn't want another angel. He, he wanted a human. Even in heaven, I will be a human being. Our personalities, our, our humanness, the core of our being in our gut, this is where we meet God. And so in the Psalms, we have very human, personal language that helps us notice and see God and meet with God. So friends, let's pray, and then we're going to read a wonderful Psalm, Psalm 116. It's going to help us see God in our everyday life. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. Uh, that there is not a second of our life that you are not present. And that means this second. Right here, right now. We open our hearts to you, Jesus, where we hadn't noticed your love, where we hadn't felt your peace, where we hadn't remembered that you're in control. We give you our heart. We give you our minds. Would you shape us and form us? speaking to us right now through your word, through the Bible. Thank you for these holy words, this holy book. We treat it with the reverence and respect that is due to it as your words, Jesus, from a loving, caring, heavenly Father. We turn our attention to your word in Jesus' name. Well friends, let's read together this great psalm. And you know, I've said this before, choosing a psalm is super hard. There's so many. I encourage you to, to read, read prayerfully uh, these psalms. But starting with Psalm 116, "I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Pray it with me. I love the Lord, because He hears my your prayer he hears your voice because he bends down to listen i will pray as long as i have breath he bends down to listen so i'm going to talk to him i'm going to pray as long as i have breath god bends down to me you know the picture we have here is of a humble king is of, of uh, an embarrassing dad who runs out and like bye i love you so much hi welcome back it's of a dad who stoops down to hear the voice of his children. You know, I think so often we kind of picture God as, as sitting on his throne. Of sitting on his throne being like, I'm hearing your prayers. Which is true. We have other pictures in scripture. God is sitting on his throne hearing our prayers from up on high. But this, pr- this picture of God isn't of a, mm, come before me God. It's of God like, like a bending down, my canary man's gonna follow me, bending down to listen to his kids. No, it's even more, it's of God like getting low and uh, it's humble and it's awkward and he bends down to hear us because he loves us so very much and says, I could stay here, I could stay here all day. I love you. Friends, do you know that you have God's ear. If you wanna talk, he wants to listen. And then it goes on. Death wrapped its ropes around me and the terror of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. Say it with me, friends, how kind the Lord is, how good he is, how merciful this God of ours The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Friends, our story is in God's story. God acts, we respond. Our problems, God helps us. Death and resurrection, salvation and rescue, it's all there in what Jesus has done for us. Jesus walked through the worst of human life, and he has risen, he has victory, he has overcome evil and sin and death do you see your suffering in God's suffering? Do you see your wins in God's wins? Is today a struggle day? Okay, your story is in God's story. Is today a victory day? Great, your victory is in God's victory. All of our life, the highs and the lows are part of God's story and he has redemption and he has hope for it and he redeems and restores. If death and beating and loss and the unfair conviction that a, a, a terrible criminal justice system was part of Jesus' story. What you are going through can be redeemed and good brought and out of when we bring our story into God's story. Every part of our life, every part of our life is covered in what Jesus has done for us. I saw only troubles and sorrows. I called on the name of the Lord. Please Lord save me. God is so good and so kind and merciful. He rescues us. I love that verse. He rescues us. Then it goes on verses seven through eight. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He saved me from death, his my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Let my soul be at rest again. Tell this to your heart. Heart, be at rest. God has saved you. We need to develop habits of reminding ourselves about reality. That God is with us. That God is for us. That we have nothing to fear. Because we all have really good internal freak-out mechanisms. Are you familiar with your own internal freak-out machine? That that button that that somewhere works? What are you triggered by? Is it, you know, difficult family members, past failures, you know, a big bill hits, your bank account falls, your freak out machine says, you know, if I lose my car, I have to walk to work, I'll lose my job, and then, you know, it's just, it's all over. Do those worries and fears just, just uh, crop up, you know, when you face criticism. Are you triggered? Do you Do you know, a teacher in middle school and you just feel like that insecure kid all over again? We have to practice, remind ourselves of reality. It's not just positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is coming from me. This is reminding ourselves of the reality of what God is doing. It's not about us. It's about God and what He's doing. But we need to align ourselves with that and remind ourselves. We need to say, stop, rest relax. God is taking care of me. My soul has been rescued from death. You know, eyes have been rescued from from tears. Feet were were kept from stumbling. All of my being is saved and restored because God has done this for me, reminding ourselves of reality, resting in the truth. And so then verse 9 says, and now I walk in the Lord's presence. As I live here on earth, I can walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. Our natural habitat is the presence of God. That's where I am meant to live. And this is a fundamental shift. God is here right now. God is here right now. God's with you right now. Do you sense him? Do you like? Oh yeah, he's right next to me on the couch right now. Oh yeah, he's he's on, you know, the driver's side seat if you're you're driving along, listening on the podcast. Because that's the reality. That's the reality, friends. God is right here with you right now. This very second. And it's an important spiritual skill to, to learn to kind of posture ourselves for opening to God. It's kind of like, you know, if I come into the room and, you know, I'm doing my thing, da-da-da, whatever, and then I stop and know, like, hi, how are you? I I pay attention to you. I start to, you know, do, you know, we can do our own thing together in our room, you know, if we're in the kitchen, you know, but I'm aware of your presence. I, I'm knowing that, that, that you're there. We're interacting, but I can kind of go on my my own thing and not, be open to, to your presence. and It's a it's a shift in your personality. You feel it with other people, right? You feel it when you walk into a room and, you know, really acknowledge your friend or just, you know, kind of keep tunnel vision on. It's the same, same orientation of our spirits. We can kind of orientate and open ourselves to God. Hi, ah, yes, you're with me. You're here right now. Mm-hmm. I receive your presence. I'm going to do life together with you. Now, it doesn't mean... That that we just stop everything, drop to our knees, pray. That that's not what it's all about. We can do daily, ordinary life together with God, where we're meant to live. Our natural habitat of going about our daily lives is with the presence of God. You know, I am. Um, I'll spend you know some evenings praying, reading um, spiritual books, stuff like that. Um, especially now that you know our back deck is open, I really just love doing that on the back deck but sometimes some other things will come up. Um, so last week I was like, oh, you know, it's a perfect evening. I'm gonna, I've got this new book I'm really excited about reading. I'm gonna journal, pray, uh, read this new uh, Christian book I'm really excited about doing. And then my seven-year-old was like, mommy, can you please just draw with me? I want to color together. And you know what? I knew. That the most spiritual thing that I could do right then was be attentive to her presence, love on her, care for her, be present with her. In a spirit of love with her, a spirit of love with Jesus, that was the most spiritual thing that I could do right then. We, we really, we can live in the presence of God. Because God's gracious, God's generous. He doesn't have um, to-do lists for us. He isn't strict about his, his schedule. It's not like if you go on a, a vacation with some friends and like, hmm, first we're gonna get up and hike to see the sunrise, then we're gonna do brunch with And like, God doesn't care. He doesn't have a schedule for our, our, our time together like that. He just wants to be with us. He's like, that's cool. You do what you need to do. I want you loving on other people. I want you doing work and being productive. I just want to do it with you my uh, one of the verses that I've really been thinking a lot about um, is Genesis uh, chapter 8 um, and it's it's Jacob and Jacob's uh, he's on a bit of a journey Jacob's life was a little bit of a mess he has this dream about God and he realizes he says surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it it's become a kind of uh, important verse for me surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know. It doesn't say the Lord was in this place. The Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. Friends, I want to be aware from you know a little bit earlier on in the timeline, that God is here, and that I can know it. I can live in His presence and be together with Him. And then we end uh, verse 16 through 19, it says, "O oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from your cha- my chains. We belong to God as his, his friends, as his kids, as his servants. I will offer sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will sacrifice, I will promise in the house of the Lord and in the heart of Jerusalem. I love ending with commitment, devotion to Jesus. You know, in this country, I think we've got a little bit of a, a choice paralysis. You see this when you go into the grocery store, that you have got like 85 options of a breakfast cereals. You know, what do you want for breakfast? We could always do waffles, we could do this, we could do that, or we could do 85 options of breakfast cereals. It's crazy. You know how many different kinds of ketchup? There is like the most basic sauce and condiment ever. Like, Mm, we should probably have eight different options of ketchup, it's crazy! We see this, um, how many of you struggle to find a TV show or a movie to watch on Netflix? Anyone? My husband and I will sit down, let's watch a movie tonight, that's great! Forty minutes later, we still won't have decided about the movie, like, huh, I'm not sure we have time to watch a movie now, we spent almost an hour trying to decide what movie to watch. It's not really good. People say that this is a real problem in in dating, especially with online dating apps. That there's the the illusion of so many choices that you 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 get matched with with a nice person, and you're like mm, there could be somebody better out there. So many options on online profiles. Um, I personally did not experience an abundance of options when I was dating, but we'll just we'll just leave that one there. Um, the uh, baby boomer generation was the first generation to have, as they, they say, a generational mantra for them was that there might be something better. There might be something better. As, um, following you know, the economic boom after World War II and everything, um, this was the first generation to really do a starter house. Like a starter house. It used to be if you, you worked super hard and you got a house, a roof over your head... And you were content with what you had. Maybe you built it with your own two hands. Maybe I'm thinking of like log cabins or something. Um, and like, certainly we need to upgrade things. And you know, our car will break. You need to get a new uh, a new car. But now, especially with electronics, we have an upgrade mentality that you're always upgrading. Got this phone, but I'm going to upgrade it to something better. And it's a normal part of our of our life to to search out more, to to change, to upgrade, friends there is great spiritual power, and it's really the source of contentment. One of the secrets to happiness, to choose and then to be content. To say, this is my life, this is my home, this is my kids, this is my family, I'm happy with them. We know God through devotion, not detachment. And sometimes like Mm Mhm. Yep. I'll check out this Jesus thing. I'll see. You know, if church is working for me, if it's really. You know, giving me. No, we know God through devotion, through saying yes. I'm all in. Uh, Sitting on the fence does not help us. We need to get get in. When we're in, then we can experience the freedom of the green pastures that, that God has. For us, when we are devoted to God, when we say, yes, God, it's you and me, then we can dig into that uh, uh, committed relationship where we know we belong to Jesus. He's ours. He has everything for us. And we can live in the freedom, the liberation of choosing that. And every day, we, we know it's not, we're not trying to make choices. Oh, is this going to be a Jesus day or not? If we want to experience God, we say today is a Jesus day. Every day is a Jesus day. What are you doing in my life, Lord? How are you working? I want to be available and open and present to your spirit. Friends, let's pray together as we end. I hope this has been helpful to you for how we experience God in just ordinary daily life. We notice we pay attention. We open our hearts and minds to the presence of God. We see our problems in God's story. We see our victories in God's story. Every part of our life held up before the Lord. And we're committed. Today is a Jesus day, just like every other day. And we can be confident knowing that he is working in our lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the confidence that comes from knowing who you are. That you are the God who came from heaven to earth to be with us. There are no links that you would not go to for us. You went to the cross, to the grave, and back again for us. If you will go to these links for us, how much more will you meet us in our kitchens and in our cars? Would our hearts be good meeting places with you? In the midst of our souls, in the messiness and chaos of our souls, would we see you standing there, smiling, saying, Hi, I love you so, so much. We dedicate ourselves to you, Jesus. We choose you. We say yes to you. We say yes to being your servants. We'll do what you say. You're the boss. You're in control. We are devoted to you. And we thank you for the blessings that will come from following your way. In Jesus' name, amen.